What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Coach's Corner. Joshua Cook by Media, along with Dennis Silva the second, joined by our weekly guest, Brian Randall of those Randall Lions and Rick LaFavors of those Rich Point Panthers. Coaches, uh, hope you had a semi-relaxing uh, Labor Day weekend. A lot of college football. We'll get to that. Some uh, crazy plays across the college football landscape. Um, should LSU have gone for two? We'll answer that question here in a minute. Maybe they should have. Maybe they should have. But let's get back to your games. Um Coach Favors, let's start with you. You went to Dickinson this past week, fell a little short, 14-0. Just talk about it. It's, you know, beginning of the season still early, but now district play gets started. What do you take from these first two games to try to rectify some things and, and get it going for uh, district play? Uh, we got to get a lot better. You know, we, we obviously faced two uh, very, very good, talented programs. <clears throat> but uh, – we just, you know, we played well uh, the first half against Westlake, but really haven't played well since, to be honest with you. Um, so for about five or six quarters now. Um, and so we just got to um, get back to work, you know, keep working the plan and and understand it's a long season. Um, you know, as much as losing stinks uh, the, the in the big picture, <clears throat> whether you're 0-2 or 2-0 and doesn't, doesn't mean – anything as far as district race and playoffs and things like that. So keeping focus on, on the main thing right now is just get better. And, and uh, we open up district this week against Bush and, and uh, you know, that's the most important game right now. And for you, coach Randall, uh, you know, a big road win for y'all, y'all go and beat Port Lavaca Calhoun, who has a very challenging offense to, to defend against. You end up on top of that one, 30, 24. How big is that just to, you know, Come off week one, the excitement of that, and and carry it over in week two and get another win. Um, the kids are growing. Um, we we needed it. We were I, we were physically handled up front, like we were manhandled, and I, I felt like I'm, I'm happy we got away with the dub, but I'm I'm happy that we got to get hit in the mouth because after after a big win against Pasadena Memorial, we were kind of acting like we were good, and I was like, guys, you're not, we're not. We're far from it, far from it. So it was, it was good to get hit in the mouth like that, and then watch the young kids battle back. Halftime, we made some, you know, some some different changes or whatnot, trying to handle that front. Went to a five man front, and then we started just throwing down on them in order for our linebackers to scrape and make plays. That's the way. That's the only way we can stop it because that first quarter, I mean, talking about skates, I mean skates, but they got Rick there every bit as good as you said. <laughs> and coach, <laughs> that coach doesn't. He does a great job. He really does. He does an amazing job. And that it's wild because I guess it's the only show in town, right? So this right. packed house, they had the horns going. You couldn't hear. We jumped offside several times. I pulled up the rule on my phone and was showing the official, hey, they can't have those air horns, man. Like, do something. And they, you weren't getting a call. You were not going to get a call out there, man. So it was, it was interesting. It was fun, though. It was fun. Kids have fun. Coach Randall, what? Do these two games being 2-0, what have you learned about your team? Is there anything you've learned now that maybe you didn't know before or maybe that's even surprised you on any level? We're, we're resilient. They're a resilient bunch. Um, just, again, they're, they're, they're so young, Coach. They're so, everybody's so young and they're still trying to, trying to figure it out. Like me, personally, I like, to, I like to fly under the radar. You know what I mean? Win games as you fly under the radar and – you know, you hit somebody in the mouth and they're not, they're not expecting it. Some of my guys 
they're out front beating themselves on the chest. I'm like, easy guys, it's week two. <laughs> you know, we still got eight games. And like Rick was saying, uh, preseason is great. It's great to get those wins, but what matters is district. And and again, that's why I'm glad we played them because some of the some of our district teams are gonna they got them big old lines like that. They can they can move people. And Coastal Favors, I guess I mean, you mentioned just being on two, you haven't played well in six quarters, but that's why you schedule these non-district games, right? Against a team like Westlake and Dickinson, you're kind of getting out of them what you expected. Is there what are the positives that you can see? I know it might be hard to see right now of of your team through these games against opponents like Westlake and Dickinson. Uh I mean the as the head coach, regardless of who we're playing, you know, we're not playing well, you know, whether we're playing right uh Baines Middle School or or the or the Houston Texans, I, I want to execute and play well and and uh regardless of the score. So that's the most concerning part right now is we're just not not executing and playing well, regardless of our opponent. Um, but on the other side of that coin, we did play two, you know, very physical and elite programs that, um, you know, it, it lets us know where we are and what we need to work on and, and what we're capable of uh, and, and, and what we're not right now and what we need to get done uh, moving forward. So uh, it was a good litmus test. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's it's no fun being on two, but again, it's it, it's something that uh, there's there's been a lot of programs. You know, we start out zero and two when we went four rounds deep my first year here. You know, and they they start out zero and two in 2015 when they went to state semifinals. North Shore start out zero and two when they won state back in uh, 14, 15, somewhere in there. You know, one of their first ones. So um, all the all the preseason doesn't matter as much uh, just my my main concern right now is we're not playing well and so we gotta we gotta get that corrected in a hurry what's your number one thing as far as when it comes to playing well what is there something specifically you're pinpointing on that could be could affect the other things and be like a domino effect if you play well in a certain area uh i gotta coach better our staff's gotta coach but we just we just look on coach sometimes discombobulated you know and uh that's that's not typical or of of our teams and programs. So, um, you know, last week we just <clears throat> looked like we we hadn't played football. You know, like it was our first week of practice or something. So, um, we got to get that corrected. And and um, you know, we still have some bright spots. There's guys making plays and stuff. It's just not consistent and and um, and such. So, a lot of moving parts and got to get them all moving in the right direction. Coach Randall, y'all got Columbia, I believe, on Saturday, right? Yes. Um, going into that game, what's kind of the message? What's, what's the emphasis? Uh, just more of the same assignment football, and then offensively, we got we've got to establish a run game. You know, we we got to establish a run game because we want to be balanced overall. And right now, we're struggling to establish a run game. Um, but that that's the biggest thing is just getting to establish a run game and then playing assignment football like. I don't know if it was last time you watched West Columbia, but they, they do more things than Calhoun. Like, it'll be this guy going that way, then he's there, and it's all over the place. So the biggest thing is not getting caught in the eyewash, sitting, and just, you know, just maintaining your gap, playing gap control defense, because that's ultimately that's what that'll get us through. If we can play gap sound, get the ball in space, establish a run game, then we should I, – it's going to be a fight, but we should be okay. And Coastal Favors, y'all y'all have Bush, I believe, Saturday. Is that right? Yes, sir. At um, Tully. 
yeah. at Tully. That's right. Yeah, it's a home game for us at Tully. <laughs> First of all, that circumstance is that is that difficult for? I mean, when you have home games, you're, ha- you're having to play at different stadiums because Hall Stadium is being renovated. Is that a big deal? Is that not a big deal? Like for, for the kids mostly? Uh, I think it's overrated. Um, I mean, we're traveling to. Uh, you know, whether it's Mercer or Hall, you know, yeah. anyway, getting on a bus, it's just maybe another 15 minutes trip instead of going to Mercer. So, um, and to be honest with you, Tully's kind of a carbon copy of, of Mercer and Rhodes. They're all kind of, you know, built the same kind of bowl uh, style. So, um, nah, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Uh, I don't think it'll make a difference. And going to Bush, is there any particular emphasis as far as, I mean, obviously, you guys know them very well, district opponents. Is there any – what's the message this week to these kids as far as going up against Bush and having a chance to start off the real season now 1-0? Uh, we we got to beat Ridge Point first. I mean, we got to get better. Um, you know, Bush is always talented and, and um, always physical and athletic. Uh, but we, we got to worry about us and get us better and regardless of who, who we're playing. So um, – that's the first and foremost, just doing our job each and each and every, including coaches, just everybody doing their job and executing and, and collectively um, giving ourselves a chance to be successful. And of course, you know, we, we talked about last week, we talked about college football and all that fun stuff. And it was an exciting weekend of college football, you know, you know double overtime game for U of H, a lot of Houston talent in that game. And then the LSU game from the other night that came down to a blocked extra point. Um, when you all watch these games, are you all able to enjoy as fans? Or are you kind of like are in coach mode a little bit? Like, man, like, oh, man, Brian Kelly should have gone for two. He had all the momentum. That's all I've heard for the last 24 hours. You know, I'm sure LSU fans are kind of thinking the same thing. So what are y'all's thoughts on a couple of those games and the opening weekend? I thought he was going to go for two, honestly. I thought he was. I was like, he messed around and go for two here because they had it blocked earlier. So right. and then early on in the year, I mean, special teams struggle on all levels. Like early on in the game, so I, th- I thought he would go ahead and go for two, but those guys get paid a whole bunch of money to make those decisions. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, you know, in hindsight, it's twenty twenty. If he makes it, nobody's you know saying anything, and if they go on into overtime and win, I, I didn't, I didn't get the chance to really watch uh, any of the games <clears throat> um, this weekend, but uh, I saw highlights and stuff. I think a lot of that's a little bit of gut feel. If if it sounds like they had momentum and it was kind of a an exciting high energy moment where uh, FSU was on their heels, then, then, you know, you probably go for two, but I, yeah, I think uh, historically the, the, at least for me and Brian you can chime in here, the home team, you usually, you usually go for the tie. Uh, and if you're on the road, you typically will go for two um, cause you're just trying to get in and get out. Uh, but and over time, you feel like if you're at home and you got the crowd, especially at the collegiate level, you know, where <clears throat> you can pick sides and student sections and bands and things like that, and that can really have an effect uh, on an opponent more so than maybe high school. But um, so that's kind of the historical answer. But um, but again, a lot of it's gut feel and, you know, momentum and things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I, I know that. When I was the assistant head coach and defensive coordinator at Taylor, we had went for two against Angleton. And I don't – like, we were – we ended up winning the game. I mean, we won the game. I think they scored 
was it? It was eight to seven. But I tell you, it was like a hard fought game, hard fought game. And when I asked Jody, Jody Jordan was the head coach at the time. I said, why in the world? Like, what do you, why we go for two there? Why we don't kick the field goal? He says, he says, hell, Randall, I, I was just tired of being out there. Like he said something to that. Like he said something to. Well, and there, there's sometimes there is that. Like, where, you know, the fatigue. I mean, you kind of take it all in. Were, were you guys on the road? No, we were at Crump. We were at okay. Crump Stadium because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, I couldn't believe the call. It, it, happy we won. We beat them. And again, like I said, it, it was to that. It wasn't exact those those exact words, yeah. but it was to the sense of like, hey, we're tired. Like I didn't feel he didn't feel confident in going into overtime. Mm-hmm. So he said, hey, we're gonna the, win yeah, it that place. Yeah, I get yeah. it. The winner to lose it right here, and, and we it worked out for us. But I was. I was like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? And then when it works out, like you said, like everybody's happy. So, so I tell you the interesting one that I, I uh, learned or heard, you know, uh, from Dana is the analytical data that says uh, that you're supposed to uh, take the ball first in overtime. Um, typically that's kind of unheard of and against the grain, usually um, you defer so that you can kind of see what you need to do. Do I need to kick a field goal or do I need to be aggressive and go for a touchdown? Uh, depend, you know, depend on what happened in that first round. So he says analytics have shown over the last five years or whatever that over 50% of the teams that took the ball first in overtime win. And so uh, they were asking him about that because I, I guess he chose to take the ball first in overtime or something like that. But um so I thought that was a little unique. I'd, I'd never heard that. But obviously, like you said, they got a bunch of money and researchers that study all that stuff um, while you and I are coaching uh, JV and freshman <laughs> games on Thursday. So they got minions doing all that. Yeah, because we're down four coaches out here, man. We're down four. So we're literally coaching all of them. <laughs> there you go. Well, you guys, are you all proponents of when you win the coin toss, defer? I, I typically do, yeah. Yeah, I, I always – I want our defense to go out there and set the tone. Is that yeah. something that's supported by analytics too that you all know of, or, or is that just a uh, – You know, there's a little little deal about kind of winning the, the – you know, people say the middle eight or the middle four, kind of, and I think Katie has kind of got a reputation for yeah. it of, of if you can um, – and it's hard to, to manipulate it, uh, I think, but it seems to always work out in Katie's favor uh, – uh, superstitiously but if you can finish the half you know with points and then you get the ball back um you know that can be a, a 14 point swing sometimes kind of a double possession so um a lot of it sometimes depends on you know are you really good on defense are you really good on offense what are they good at what's right. the wind you know what's the weather coming and going uh do we need to or, you know get out and get on the points early and and before weather hits and you know whatever, so That's maybe someone spending the first half, you know, one they're 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 all Americans and all state right. players, and so you're like, hey, we need to get up there and score before they let the sucker back in the game. Um, but typically, I I defer. So playing playing Calhoun, that's what we were gonna. We would have won the toss. We we're gonna get the ball first because we wanted them to chase us. Yeah, because that offense yeah. isn't built for that, you know. Yeah. So that was ideally that was the plan, but. We lost the toss anyway, so like, it was like anything. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting, like, you know, the whole 
get the ball at the end of the half, get the ball to start the third quarter. It's kind of the Bill Belichick way of always defer. That's what he always wants to do. He wants that 14-point swing can be huge. So uh, it, it's always interesting to see all the different thoughts that go into everything. And sometimes it's just like, yeah, this is just what we're going to do. Um, how much of it, like when it comes down to coaching, because I always think it's interesting, like, you know, when you have fourth downs and stuff at certain points in games or if it's a crucial moment, like is it a lot of it just gut feeling, just kind of like how you're playing? Do you ever look into your kids' eyes and kind of go like kind of see like what's kind of in them and like, okay, can we go get this fourth down? And I might have Hollywooded that up a little bit, but, you know, you kind of get the idea. <laughs> no, I think you're spot on. I mean, it, it, for me at least, it is a lot of gut feel and where we at in field position, how's our defense playing if, if we don't get it. Um, you know, how many timeouts do I have? Uh, what, you know, what are they, what have we been successful with? Uh, field position, you know, you're kind of in no man's land. Does punting the ball really help you? You know, uh, especially if it's a touchback, you know, you gain seven yards of field position, you know, that type thing. So um, I'll tell you this against the Tascacita, like I said, I still have nightmares last year. Um, the analytics, you know, uh, told us that points would be valuable in that game. And so I got down and tried to kick field goals on on fourth down instead of going for it, uh, which is kind of the conservative way, smart way, if you will. Don't ever give up points, et cetera, the old Tom Landry way. Um, but we missed three field goals. And um, uh, when you lose by a field goal, you have nightmares. And then the one fourth down that I did go for it, BJ scores on, you know. And so I'm like, well, shoot, I should at least let him try. Two out of those three, you know, even if we don't get it, maybe, you know, just he, I was an idiot head coach for not putting the, the ball in his hands, at least one of those. So, uh, like I said, I think so much of it's game feel and who you got and who you're playing and such. Yeah. We went for it fourth and four on our on our 37 because we just didn't want to give them the ball back. It's like, mm -hmm. man, if they get the ball back, they're going to score. So, and it worked out. We drove down, scored, and we ended up winning the ball game. So. That's a lot of confidence in y'all's offense, coach. <laughs> or, I mean, I guess. Oh, man, more yeah. lack of confidence in defense. <laughs> I've been there before, man. <laughs> that same thought process was, man, they, they must score anyway. So, <laughs> Look, exactly. They go, that they're scoring their score fast. That way, we'll get the ball back quicker. They have a short field to score on. We'll get yeah. it back and maybe kick onside. And, I mean, like I you said, all of the teams make a whole – they make you think differently. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and probably Wing T, too. Those teams that kind of grind the clock and, like, shoot, we might not get another possession, Won't get you know, for a whole they're, – they're, I played Calhoun before where I didn't get – we did not touch the ball offensively for an entire quarter, you know. Yeah. And and it just – it works It works in their favor that way sometimes. Yeah. They do yeah, a good it reminds me of kind of like Liberty Hill and what they run. They run the triple yep. option. And it's funny because – People are like, well, all they're doing is running the ball. It's like, well, it's not just running the ball. It's which direction they're running the ball and all the moving pieces. And, like, in high school football, there's probably a handful of teams that run triple options still. When you run into the playoffs, you have to try to mimic it, and your kids have never mimicked it before. So they're, like, trying to figure out which way they're going to go. So Liberty Hill is always an interesting one to watch. Well, and, and Liberty Hill actually runs the wing T. Oh, wing T, yeah. Yeah, exactly. wing T yeah. slot T. And uh, I think that's what West Columbia is too. And it, it mm -hmm. is a lot of misdirection. And you do see a lot of the smaller, lower levels running that. But uh, it is the great equalizer, uh, especially when they're they're very good at it.
Yeah, Liberty Hill went all the way to state last year and then ran into South Oak Cliff and you know ended up falling short to them. So um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what shakes out there. Uh last thing I wanted to touch on uh this week is kind of special. So we're recording this on Tuesday, September 6th. And of course, across the state of Texas, uh, a lot of school districts are asking uh their students and teachers to wear maroon to support Uvalde. Uh, ISD this week as they return to school. Also, the Houston Texans are bringing the entire Uvalde high school football team to their home game this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts uh, to you know honor that team and stuff. And they've started off good. They've started two and zero on the year. Good for Uvalde. Just for y'all, the I guess I don't want to say fraternity, but the the group that is Texas high school coaches. What does it say about the power of high school football and just the support of high schools across the country and across the state of Texas when we can stand up and support a group like this and Uvalde and just what the Texans are doing on Sunday? And I'll just give you all the floor uh, for that as, you know, uh, try to you know help them as they get back to school this week. I know that the one thing that brings us all together is athletics. That's the one thing that brings every walk of life together is athletics. And, and high school football is huge. Is so important, and those coaches are so important to those kids in that community, you know, because they they wear so many hats. Your your father figure, your uncle, your brother, your cousin, you're so many things to so many different people. So, I mean, I just I, I thank God for high school coaches. I thank God for athletics because it's a it's just it's like I said earlier, it's the one thing that we can all agree on, you know, or agree to disagree about, you know, about our different teams or whatnot. But that that's my little piece on that. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the the locker room athletics, whether it's football, any any sport, it it, it brings everybody together. Um, I think the support for Uvalde, as bad as all the stuff that's in the world today, it shows that they're still good, you know. And there's a lot of good. Uh, I think sometimes uh, it gets overshadowed, uh, whether it be through media or or, or what, but. Uh, I still think the the good outweighs the bad, and um, it just needs to be shown more, you know. And and so I think it's good to see that humans can still be kind and loving and supportive. And um, it just stinks that it takes tragedy, you know, to to pull us all together sometimes and get us in action. I I, I think our hearts are there. We just we get going in life and. And then uh, all of a sudden something happens and we kind of snap up into, into action. So I think it's a reminder, you know, to, to not let this <clears throat> be kind of a one-time thing, but, you know, look, look for places and things to help and get involved with. So For sure. And such a great gesture by the hometown, you know, Houston Texans are going to have the Valdi strong decal on the back of their helmets. They have the team coming in. They've donated, I think over $400,000 to, uh, relief efforts there in Uvalde. So, and I'm sure the uh, 75,000 plus fans at NRG Stadium on Sunday will definitely welcome the Uvalde High School football team uh, to Houston. So, such a neat gesture by them. So, yeah. that's what I wanted to close the show on this week. Um, as big thanks to Coach Brian Randall, Coach Rick LeFavors every week coming here on the Coach's Corner. Um, be sure to check us out uh, every single week, and we'll be back next week here on Vibe Houston. See y'all next week. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you.